Welcome to Before the Bestseller, where we talk with our favorite authors, entrepreneurs, and oftentimes authorpreneurs about the exact steps and processes they used to build their brand, sell their books, and grow their businesses. I'm excited to have you on board for this episode. My name is Alex Rathi, fellow author and founder of AdvancedAmazonAds.com and PodPR.co. I hope that you're able to take away at least one new bit of knowledge or tactic from this episode that you can use to make a world of difference in your own journey. If you do find one, let me know what it was in a review and anything that we can do to make the show a more enjoyable listening experience. For access to our free Amazon advertising course, visit us at advancedamazonads.com slash before the bestseller. Hayden Crabtree is the author of Skip the Flip, which in just one year has racked up over 600 reviews on Amazon. He sold thousands of copies as a first-time author, and he uses the book to grow his seven-figure real estate business, all at the age of 25. I wanted to bring him on to talk about how he has such a high engagement rate with his readers, talk about his omnipresence approach to online marketing, and even talk about how he's now used his platform to launch his software company. I loved how incredibly actionable his episode was as we talked to him about his book launch and the marketing around it. So let's bring him on. Hayden, man, thanks so much for coming on. You know, you're, I think you're what, 20, 24 years old, is it? 25 now. 25. I turn 25 next month. So you got, you got me beat by, by a month there, but um, who was Hayden before the, before Skip the Flip? Man, before Skip the Flip, I was a raving enthusiast for financial freedom and my vehicle was real estate. Honestly, um, I like real estate a lot. That's what my book is about. But really, I was in it for the freedom and the lifestyle to do whatever I wanted to do, to, to stay away from a job uh, as much as possible, which, you know, as, as the saying goes, you work 80 hours for yourself to avoid working <laughs> 40 for somebody else. And so that was totally me um, before Skip the Flip, just a guy on a mission to do as many real estate deals as possible and build up that, that cash flow, you know, that financial freedom machine. Did you make a lot of mistakes early on? In my real estate career? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. You know, I mean, I'm blessed because my story is I worked for when I was in college at the University of Georgia, I worked for, I kind of found a guy and worked for him for free for over a year. And he'd been doing real estate investing for about 10 years. And so I think I made a lot less mistakes than most people do, but it's kind of a good and a bad thing. Whenever I did make a mistake, it was a lot more of an advanced mistake, right? Because like I skipped all the beginner level mistakes and just started going to the, you know, to the, to the higher up mistakes, which is good and bad. I mean, um, you know, you, you have to make mistakes. And so mentors and coaches and books and everything are, are the mission to, to avoid those base level mistakes. You know, those kind of bang your head in the wall. This is easy, but you still got to figure it out, kind of avoid those mistakes. And then you get into the more, you know, complex areas where there are no books on it. There are no, you know, there are no, uh, I don't say there are no coaches because other people have been there, but it's just a lot less popular when you move into the, you know, the more advanced sectors of any industry, really. That doesn't surprise me that you worked with someone from over a year because uh, I know you just released a YouTube channel about how you spent two days with a billionaire, uh, YouTube channel video, you spent two, billion, uh, two days with a billionaire, and you talked about some of the stuff you learned and you're, you know, you actually digested of like, okay, you know, what, what are my takeaways here? So when it came to skip the flip, and uh, the writing of the book, are there any authors out there who you kind of use as your, as your reference? Where you're like, this is what I want to create and, I, and emulate them? Or did you just kind of figure it out yourself? Yeah, I mean, so I read I mean, really one of the biggest books that got me started 
you know, I think everybody's probably read it at one point, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I think the reason that that book has done so well is because Robert Kiyosaki doesn't try to talk to you about how smart he is. He writes to you in a way that says, here's how you need to understand this. And so him and I have a little bit of different writing styles. I think I'm a little bit more to the point. I'm a little more, um, less here's the facts, so to say, less stories, you know, here's the facts, but all in all, the biggest takeaway I had was I need to write this in a way that doesn't really show people how smart I am. Not that I'm that smart, right? But I need to write it in a way that people can understand where the layman can understand. And one of the biggest tests I did, because I was bringing, you know, a subject, uh, a subject matter like real estate, which can be really technical, is I wanted to make sure that anybody could understand it. One of the things that I did is I gave it to my mom to read and I made sure she understood every single paragraph of it, right? My mom's a smart lady, but she's, she's never done real estate a day in her life. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Get your, get your mom who probably doesn't, you know, they're proud of you and they'll support you and whatever. They're, they're going to actually read your book as opposed to a friend. He's like, yeah, whatever. You got your thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. And I I know you talked about it elsewhere too. I think you said like, make sure everything's beneath like an eighth grade reading level or something. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, yeah, not above that. Let's talk about one of the you know ways that you really build your business is having this omnipresence presence, right? It's the book, it's a YouTube channel, it's Instagram. Tell me a little bit about that strategy. I know there's a lot of people who tell you you should just focus on one thing, right? Like if you're going to be a podcaster, just focus on your podcast, just focus on your YouTube channel. Why do you do you go against that and do so many different channels? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, I think that attention is the new currency. And so, I mean, listen, in the last, in the last 18 months, the United States government has printed over $3 trillion for reference. 1 million seconds is 11.5 days. 1 trillion seconds is 31,000 years. Okay. We've printed $3 trillion. Dollars are no longer the currency. Attention is the currency. You need people's attention. And so some people like books. Some people like webinars. Some people like podcasts. Some people like YouTubes. Some people, you know, it's just how do I get my message out if I truly believe my message to the most number of people? And I think the biggest mistake where people say do focus on this one platform is whenever they have people who's, who do all the work themselves. Like I have a YouTube team. I have a team that helps me out with that. And anytime, like the reason I don't have a podcast is because I know I need a podcast team in order to effectively do it. Right. Wow. And so that's why I've kind of tried to branch out into books. I've got a second book coming out here soon. Um, YouTube, you know, Facebook, other things like that. So uh, I just think you need, you need to be in a lot of different places, man. You need to, you need to be everywhere. Which one did you start off with? And when did you know it was time to outsource it? So the first place I started was my book. And as a way to get the message of my book out, I wanted to start a YouTube. I mean, I, I think I had heard an interesting stat, like YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine behind Google. And that just really kind of struck me like, wow, that's crazy. And I just started reading more and more on it of like, not only, you know, is YouTube way more powerful than any blog or anything like people are getting your personality. And I think that if you're somebody who can attract other people through your personality, if you're, if you're good on camera, and by the way, I wasn't great on camera at first, but you get better and that's a skill you learn. But if you have a strong message that you can communicate to people, I think YouTube is the strongest way. So after my book, I got into YouTube and I started filming on like my iPhone 10. 
you know, like I literally went out and bought a new phone because that was the time when the cameras got better on the iPhone. I was like, this is going to be it. This is my YouTube equipment. I went out and I got a phone. And then, you know, after I put out like 20 videos or something, you know, I just faced the fact, like, even on the phone, these suck, you know, so how do I get better? How do I get better? And then eventually it's like, I don't really want to make this a hobby anymore. I see the potential in this. I need to hire experts in this field, you know? What's your quick hot tip? Uh, you know, you said you improved your video presence. What's like a quick hot tip you can give a little nugget you can drop on how you improved your video I mean, presence? Reps. Yeah. Just reps. practice. Just more videos. Just more videos. I mean, yeah. I think for anybody who's like, man, I want to start a YouTube. It's, it's tough. Like, let me tell you, you getting on camera and talking to people about whatever it is, whether it's real estate or surfing or writing a book or blogging, like it doesn't matter to, to think of yourself as an expert that first time is the hardest thing to do. And by the way, I don't care who you are. Your first video is going to suck like really, really bad, but in order to get good, you have to suck. So enjoy the, the, the sucking part of it. Yeah. And one of the, I mean, people say that, but you know, people also say your first book is usually sucks. Yours didn't. So I, I want to cut into that a little more uh, later on, but first we want to dive deeper into each platform that you do. So sure. Facebook group over a thousand members, I believe uh, you can I'll give an update if, if it's a lot higher than that. Um, At least about 2000 now, 2000 now, how did you get the first 10 users? How'd you get the first 50 users? How'd you get the first 100 users? Man, that's a good question. When it goes back to my, my Facebook group, listen, I just launched my, I just launched a software. It's something I've been working on for about a year. Oh, I think it's yeah. going to change What's the, the it? industry. It's called mypropertystats.com. And I think it's going to be huge. And whenever somebody asks me, how did you get that first customer? How'd you get that first customer? I'm going to tell them I picked up the phone and I called the people who I knew I could count on to buy for me. Right. I mean, I'll pick up the phone and I'll dial everybody in my phone if I think that they, I can get money out of them and that it's something that's going to solve the problem. So whenever I talk about starting anything, whenever I talk about my first subscribers on YouTube, like I'd call people, hey, you need to go subscribe to me on, on YouTube, right? Whenever we talk about Facebook, group, hey, you need to get inside of my Facebook group. This is what's going to be going on over there, you know? And so I'm, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and call people. And I think that's how you build momentum in anything, right? You can't just organically rely on on the power of of facebook or the power of youtube to attract people you got to make it happen you got to be a force yeah and i know it's a strategy you used to get reviews for your book over 600 and over 600 reviews now and i i, I think you did it one by one let's talk about instagram sure probably don't know 15k people so how did you like you know you can't call up fifteen thousand people i love that though i mean if you can just cold calls as someone our age, you're able to just put yourself above 99% of anyone else our age because everyone's just yeah, so yeah. afraid of actual conversations. So Instagram, how did you go past the first initial users? How'd you get to the 15,000 followers? You know, I mean, I hate to say it. I'm never really focused. I could be way better on Instagram. I, I kind of just take my YouTube content and repost clips over there. Um, I really think that a lot of that is organic. I do use YouTube as much as possible to try and connect with other people and give them the book. So, you know, a lot of times if anybody follows me, I like to reach out to them, make sure that they've read my book. And I think there's some virality in my book as well. I think the fact that I have made it so easy to, to read and understand. Um, I can't tell you, I mean, I, I realistically probably get between three and five DMs uh, a week on Instagram of people who, are, are just like thanking me for writing me my book. Like 
thank you so much. This is really, really helpful. I get messages from people who are like, I bought one, I bought 10 copies, one for each of my family members. And so I just think that it, it kind of grows from there. You know, it's, it's a byproduct of, of having a good message and, uh, and, you know, just being responsive. I mean, I, I, I try to respond to every single message I get. I try to respond to every single comment I get, you know, and just really add value. If people message me with questions, I try to give them real answers to the questions they're asking me. And so there's no real strategy on the Instagram, to be honest. Well, that's one thing I hear over and over again, though, is taking the time to actually create personal interactions for the first, yeah. you know, initial group. So did you systematize that at all? You know, like, were you, did you systematize basically the building of these relationships or has it just kind of been like one by one, just kind of how, how it's been? I mean, I, you know, if somebody hasn't read my book, then of course I have scripts in place that I feel like I can, I can send people that aren't impersonal, but they are, um, you know, they're thoughtful and they try and guide people. So it's not a, you know, typing out a long message every single time. It's more of a, a copy and paste or, or something like that. And so in that way, I guess that I've just, systematized it yeah awesome so you have had a lot of engagement from skip the flip what were your ctas in the book how did you get people to uh, engage with you further yeah i really only have um i think two ctas in the book number one is just haydencrabtree.com slash resources and so i tried to add a lot of value throughout that book anytime that i felt like there was a comp uh, uh, a concept that i could really dive more into, but I just didn't feel that reading it in a book was the best like route in order to teach people that I went on YouTube and that's how my YouTube channel got started. Cause I said, Hey, I want to go find a way to share these, these concepts with people outside of just a book. And again, I don't want to charge them for it. I just want to give it away for free. And so that's how I did it. You know, was, I just said when and where it made sense to, to dive further in video format of how a real estate concept would work. Just tell people to, you know, Hey, go over here, check this video out that I made for you. And I try to gate the content so I could get people's emails and, and just follow up with them that way. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Some people prefer, you know, having a cult action in every single chapter. Some people kind of keep it more yeah. simple. So how many people have you seen, you know, week over week? I don't know if you have like a, a rough number. Have you seen coming through that book specifically? I mean, I know there's a lot more to it. Like there's, you know, people reach out wait later down the road when they're ready to make a buy or when they're ready yeah. for that you know, decision. But I mean, how many people have you seen coming through that funnel and giving you their email address? So Skip the Flip launched, I think, on April 9th of 2020. Um, and so we're recording this September of 2021, which is like, what, 18 months after the fact. I think I've gotten, man, probably five or 6,000 people come through. Wow. wow. That's, has that been your biggest way to get subscribers or have they come in, in other ways as well? Uh, I mean, I do some advertising, so I'm not really counting that out. That you yeah, know, that's pay to play, and uh, sure. and of course, the more you pay, the more you play. So there's some that way, but organically, yeah. I mean, I think providing value to people um, that are inside of the book is 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 a really good way to 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 capture it for sure. Get that, but it can't like just be book. you know, it has to be something truly valuable. Like I sat down yeah. and I created what I felt like was a really great, useful spreadsheet people could use really useful, you know, different videos of how concept works, just very, very genuinely useful information for somebody on that journey. You know, people yeah. really it. ebook pricing, Alex Ramosi, he's out there with his 99 cents book, racked up over, over a thousand reviews now. Uh, some people much prefer, you know, low end pricing, you're 399. Why did you go for 399 pricing over, you know, something that's very entry level, like 99 cents that really doesn't shy anyone away? 
Well, I was at 99 cents from the beginning, and, and it was a very interesting thing that happened uh, is I thought the lower I priced my book, the more people would buy it. And in the beginning, I priced my ebook at 99 cents, and I priced my regular book at 988. It's very interesting what happened. As soon as I raised my price, I sold more books. People through ads? Say, huh? Like through ads or just organically? or Organically. Okay. Raise, raise any authors listening to this, raise your prices and watch yourself get more sales. Really? Really? I, yeah. That's, do you have like, like prices in, or sales increased by like 20% or like anything like that? Um, I went from selling of the, of overall between the hardback or the paperback and that I went from selling around 500 copies a month to between yeah. 900 and a thousand. Wow. And that, uh, I'm sure that helps with, you know, make that funnel more profitable as well. You know, help it yeah, pay for itself yeah. too. Just a huge part. Sure. Um, I, I do want to add my property stats. Talk about that in just a second. Uh, sure. Before we get there really quick, you know, you talk a lot about you are a younger guy, right? Which is awesome. Like, you know, you can only go up for, I mean, like the amount of years we have left and we're already doing this, these, you know, this age, it just gives you, you know, so much more potential. How have you dealt with people who look at you? You know, you're dealing, I think I sold 40 million plus in real estate transactions. Mm-hmm. So how, like, how do you, I mean, you know, what are those, those kinds of interactions where people look at you and they're like, I'm not going to give you 20 million or I'm not going to give you 30 million you know, dollars because you know, you're, you're a young guy. How do you deal with that? Well, I think really in a lot of cases, what people see in you is what they see in themselves, right? And so, for example, well, when I'm trying to buy properties from people and if somebody is say 50 years old and they give me the line of you're too young and you don't know what you're doing, that's just them telling me that they didn't know what they were doing at my age, right? doesn't mean anything about me. I know what I'm doing, right? And so that's just an obstacle I have to overcome. But on the flip side, you also people, you have people go, man, I see my younger self in you all day long. And that opens up a lot of opportunities. And so to anybody who's young, don't ever let it be an excuse because it goes both ways, right? You're going to have people who who give you business because of that, who give you, you know, um, attention because of that. And you're going to have people who hate on you because of that, because they weren't there whenever you were. And they're jealous of that fact. They just don't like that fact. Or maybe you're even ahead right now of where they are at 50 years old, you know? And so when, in terms of overcoming that, I mean, there is no blanket overcoming for everybody. I can't fix somebody's mindset. I'm here for the people who are here for me. I'm not here for everybody. You know? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Uh, all right, so let's talk about Amazon ads. I know you're very bullish on Amazon ads. How do you, like, what's your strategy? Do you outsource that? Like, what, what does Amazon ads look like for you? Uh, in the beginning, I did all of my own Amazon ads. And I like to, I like to be firsthand in a lot of things. I like to, to learn enough to know what I'm talking about until I can outsource it. So I'm a big fan of, of learning enough so that I can't get, somebody pulling some sneaky stuff on me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I need to know enough, but I don't need to know everything. And so yeah. in the beginning I did my own Amazon ads, you know, it, it went okay. I won't say it went great. It sold some books. Um, I eventually hired somebody uh, off the internet to come in and optimize my ads for me. You know, they did, they did okay. They definitely did better than I did, you know, and honestly, I should be way better about it. I haven't touched Amazon ads in probably three or six months. And I know there's a lot of people out there gasping at that right now, but just, I've been so busy with my property stats and I just try to focus my attention on where, where I'm going to get the highest ROI, you know, but wholeheartedly believe in Amazon ads. I mean, you're native in their platform. They're going to make sure those things work, right? They're for sure going to make sure if there's anything that's going to get you more sales, it's ads on their platform, you know? 
Yeah, that's a great point. All right, you're writing book two. What are you doing differently? Uh, from I'm done with book, book two. I'm done with it. Done with book two. All right, but not published yet. So what did you do? What are you going to do differently with the launch? What am I going to do differently with the launch? Well, Alex, it's interesting because when I launched my first book in the, the world, I was nobody. Nobody knew who Hayden Crabtree was besides my friends and my family, you know, and my business associates. And so I really had to, 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 to grind and hustle and scrap to get, you know, those first, those first books sold, had to do a lot of pitching. Um, and I had no email list. I had nothing, you know, I had no digital resources, no, no digital assets. Uh, and it's a lot different today. You know, I have a lot of digital assets that I can really put in my favor. And so, um, I'll definitely be putting those to work. I thought about doing some cool, different, uh, promotion type things like giveaways or, you know, free coachings or, or stuff like that. But, you know, realistically, I don't have a grand scheme because I really, truly just like my first book, I believe my second book has a lot of great content and I think it'll, it'll, it'll compound. I mean, I really think the core of everything is to just have a great product that helps people and, and kind of the rest will take care of itself. As long as you're not afraid to ask for the sale, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, you hear from a lot of the, the big authors where five years on from their book is usually when they have the most sales just because of that word of mouth. Yeah. And I know Hell Elrod, Miracle Morning, um, yeah. you know, I think he was talking about like five years after, you know, the book launched is when he actually had the highest amount of sales. So, all right, let's talk about, you know, the, and this will be the final thing that we jump into the round off. Myproperty.stats.com, right? The, the ideal goal is someone who has a business and then they go into software because software is just the most scalable thing in the world. So how did you go about, like, where did the idea to then go into software? How did you create a software product? Did you outsource? Um, tell me a little bit about my property stats. First of all, what is, what is my property stats? So my property stats, if any of you guys out there haven't read the book, Story Brand, you need to read that book. It's a great book for anything. So my property stats is exactly what it sounds like. It's Dan stats Miller, on your properties. Right. Right. Don't that's, yeah. that's just the simplest thing of it. So I think I, I'm, a, I'm very bullish on, on real estate investing becoming something that more people do. Uh, I think with the rise of, of, of books and the internet, a lot of people are realizing the powers of real estate investing. And I think that our generation, more people will own real estate than they used to. And I just realized, I realized last year after I launched my book, I sold, um, I sold $13 million worth of property. And in that process, it was, I want to say it was like nine different properties in five different States with, uh, seven different partners in it. And I just spent like a total of three months building custom spreadsheets to analyze the financial metrics of that portfolio sale. And it was just a nightmare. You know, and I, I looked around for solutions of like, why is it that stock investors, you know, if they want to view stats on their portfolio or the performance or anything, they just log into their mobile app and there's all the stats on, you know, here's their dividends, here's their earnings this year, here's their earnings forever, here's all the different shares they own. And there's nothing like that for real estate investors. There is no, there is no asset management platform that'll give you all the stats on how your properties are performing. And so I didn't get into this because I wanted to be a software entrepreneur. In fact, I, I would prefer just to stay in real estate and get good at, at Stick with what I now. am. But yeah. realistically, I just saw a need in the market for my own need. And the more and more people I talk to to validate the idea, they go, man, take my money. I'll sign up now. You know, and so it's really evolved in this in this what's going to be a really incredible platform. We just launched the first feature 
there's endless amounts of features that I can add, but just, you know, if we're talking about over the, the next four months, you know, call it by December of 2021, um, this will be a, just an amazing platform that's going to make managing and analyzing real estate deals, managing your existing portfolio, just a breeze, man. Like reduce your time. We're talking about by 90%, increase your accuracy of decision makings. I mean, most people don't even know that how they're making decisions. They're making it off of gut feels in the real estate world. And we're going to bring all that into easy to use actual analytics. I'm sure to be a platform I use one day. And uh, there's already some people I know that I need to introduce this to. So I'm excited yeah. for that. Um, how did you go about, you know, like, like you said, right? Stick with what you know, but you know, you, you saw a market need and you're trying to, you know, uh, fill that need. Did you outsource the, uh, you probably outsource the tech side, you know, real quick you know, like where did you go to start, you know, taking care of the technical side of things? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I definitely outsourced it. I'm, I'm not a tech guy. Again, go to the experts. That's a common thing with me. Go to the experts to, to save yourself some time. Um, and so I just started calling around my network. Hey, who knows people in the software world? Hey, who knows people in the software world? Just calling people. Hey, you're a well-connected guy. Who do you know that does software? You know? And so I got down to out of my network, produced four or five different potential candidates, talked to each of them about the projects, the one that gave me the most confidence. Uh, that's the one I went with. And I also went for one who had more of an interest in a long-term partnership equity stake rather than just fees. Always, I prefer to have my incentives aligned with people. And I don't think that one-time fee payments are aligned incentives because you're going to get paid one time and then you're going to be done and you're really not going to care what happens anymore versus instead of me paying you, if I can pay you a hundred times what I'm going to pay you up front in future equity value, it's good for me and it's good for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A half of life is all about incentives uh, from what oh, I can understand, whether it's your team. Yeah. Whether it's different projects. Hey, this has been awesome. How can people get more of you? Uh, obviously your books on Amazon, um, where can people find out more or get in contact with you? Yeah, my email is Hayden at HaydenCrabtree.com. Happy to connect with anybody. You can reach out to me on Instagram. It's Hayden Crabtree. Get the book on Amazon or get it for free in PDF or audiobook at HaydenCrabtree.com forward slash free book. And of course, I'd love for everybody to check out my property stats. If you know any real estate investors, send them over that link as we grow this business. Uh, to what's going to be awesome. It's going to solve everybody's problems. And that's probably the, the most exciting thing about it. It's crazy to say I'm launching a book in two weeks and I'm not even that excited about it. <laughs> that's so not even the biggest thing. Overwhelmed with excitement for this other thing. Well, I already know some people I'm going to send that link to. So make sure to share it with me and we'll link out to it as well in the description. Cool. Hayden, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in. I know this is just one of the hundred ways you could have spent this time. If it met the goal from the beginning of the episode or didn't, please leave me a review so I can continue to improve the show. Reviews also help us to bring on bigger and bigger authors and entrepreneurs with even better book marketing blueprints to share with us. That's all I have. Until next time.